Kestrel and MG Goatee. Welcome, hello, and good afternoon, evening, daytime to you if you are listening to this podcast, which I hope you are, and welcome to the Where To Now podcast with myself, Ken Kestrel. And MG Goatee. <laughs> MG Goatee. We are here to for this inaugural episode uh, of the podcast where we will show you around a place um, close to our hearts, ourselves, and geographically where we are, and which this week is... It was at the glorious city of Manchester. The glorious city of Manchester. And we're going to go around three different hostelries, find something out a little bit about the city where we're in. Absolutely, a bit of the historical journey of the Peterloo Massacre. <laughs> and, and a taste of Manchester itself, mm. what makes Manchester Manchester, mm. and hopefully learn a bit about ourselves, the place we're in, and each other. Mm. So join us as we go to our first pub. Britain's Protection. The Britain's Protection. Formerly an army recruitment venue, according to the internet, and featuring notable murals of the 1819 Peterloo Massacre in St Peter's Field, where crowds protesting the Corn Laws were trampled by cavalry. Let's delve in right now. Right, so we're actually in the Britain's Protection now, and it's a lovely pub with those murals. It is. I mean, it really does sort of illustrate the the feeling of what it was like 200 years ago. Being trampled by horses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I imagine that would be a very uncomfortable situation to be under. I mean, yeah. like, the hooves of a... As much as, as, much as I hate corn laws, I, I hate more being trampled by a, a horse. A, a, a massive nag. <laughs> Particularly if said horse is is there to protect me, after, after all. I mean, uh, yeah, and, and, and that said horse has also got a very... Forthright sort of uh, man holding a sabre. Yeah. Um, it's not really going to be the most, you know, something you really want to look at. And no. It like, because it was, a, it was allegedly a beautiful uh, summer's day in August. Right. And um, we're in Manchester here. I mean, like, yeah, it, it rains rare, quite, yeah, yeah, it rains quite a lot. Um, and the last thing you want is, you know, a dude riding a horse with a sabre. I mean, any form of sword, really, yeah. a rapier, a cutlass. And, and bear in mind, we're, you know, you're surrounded by 80,000 people, yeah. very hungry, uh, yeah. a bit upset with the sort of the situation. Ruddy corn. A ruddy yeah, indeed. And, and then suddenly this man on a horse Comes with a sabre. Slashes you down. Slashes you down. And, you know, rarely I mean, things slashing is, is, is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, things, which was shown in the murals inside, which yeah. uh, which obviously the pub fames itself on. We, there's a picture of a chap uh, in some sort of uh, cracker law mosaic style. We're trying to work out who it is. Is that a Tash? He kind of looks like a um, Freddie Mercury in a way. He does look a bit like Freddie Mercury, or maybe... Um, I think he looks a little bit like Paul Newman as well. I mean, those two people don't look particularly similar. Paul Newman don't think he had a Tash. But uh, I, mean, I don't think it's either of those people. We, we could ask, maybe. Well, we're getting close to um, uh, November, aren't we? So it's just like <laughs> they probably had it around then. Everyone has a crack at a, a, a moustache when they. Do you reckon they had it at the time of the Peterloo massacre? 
um, all the raves in the Napoleon. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I got the impression a lot of the, the Movember sort of thing was a hipster type thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and, 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 you must have had hipsters in the Napoleonic era. This is it, but how, how would you... Would they have brioche buns back then? And <laughs> I doubt they, it. Yeah. Because that was French, wasn't it? And they'd have hated all things French, what would have been Napoleon and that. And funny, I mean, that's that's the thing. I think a lot of the, the establishment was a very um, upset about this Peterloo sort of era because they were worried oh, about... Yeah, well, I mean, this was, this was around the same time where the the French Revolution had just happened and they said, not on my watch, right. basically. And uh, the idea of very hungry hipsters with moustaches and... and, and this, Causing a bit of a hoo-ha about the the establishment. You saying hungry hungry hipsters made me think of a little game you could play with hungry hungry hipsters. It's a bit like hungry hungry hippos, but you've got people with large beards and uh, beard oil, sort of all grabbing like little uh, little balls and little plates. What would be the little balls exactly? Um, they'd probably have to be brioche buns, I suppose, wouldn't they? <laughs> brioche buns. Yeah, they would just kind of just sit there and yeah, you, yeah. on uh, some sort of um, vegetarian cheese muffins or something. Nice. Yeah, I something don't... like that. Now, it says the small bar at the front of the building deceptively hides the size of the pub because it's got lots of different little rooms. And we walked past the little room and it was like a separate little little pub in there, wasn't it? I, I quite like pubs with secret little rooms. It's like a cosy little TARDIS. I mean, that's that's one that's of the most... a good way of describing it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has... Um, I mean, the, the, the TARDIS is obviously a time machine and you just when you walk through the hallways, you see this amazing mural. Of, of the Peterloo massacre and yep. what, all it, what, what it meant to, um, to to the people of that particular era, and then you go into a little room and then there's, there's this cosy little red rooms with uh, and, and during the winter there's like this gorgeous little log like sort of fire going and then it's, it's nothing better. They've got 200 whiskies behind the bar, so there's nothing. 300, it says in the literature. It's 300. Over 300. Oh, well, I mean, I drank quite a few of them, so. <laughs> One thing it reminds me of is uh, when I used to live in York, there were a few pubs which were basically built into people's houses, and it's quite clear that some of the pubs, the, the rooms in the pubs, are effectively like dining rooms or, or lounges which have been turned into pub snugs. So, and I really, really like those, and this has got one of them. Well, I mean, this is a, a sort of a, 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 a sore point for me, because when I first moved to Manchester, I lived pretty much above a pub. Ah, and so my, you, were, my you living were living room, in those, right. Yeah, my living room was basically the, the black line. Um, and when I left that apartment block, I think the pub went out of business. Were you keeping it afloat? Pretty much, yes. Right, um, I, see. I was, yeah, it, um, it was not a great deal of good work came out from me during that period, but I had a good time. I'm sure you did. Was there, was there noise coming up from below? From me, yes. No, no. Well, uh, from from patrons. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I'm yeah. You were among them. That was, I mean, you know, it's a, the good thing about having a, a publican as a, a living room is uh, you 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 get to really embrace society. <laughs> I don't think you've got much choice. Um, <laughs> Because there no, are lots of pubs where people live in, like live in publicans and well, stuff like that. This is it. This is, it. It, is this the case here? Well, I think this is this is just why I, I really warm to the Britain's protection. I think um, it's a home away from my home uh, at that point in time. It's just like <laughs> I, if I got tired of the black line, which I suspect he did. 
Yeah, yeah well, yeah. It was Where great is the Black Lion? Oh, is it, um, so... If you know Manchester well, there's like this... I don't, and that's the premise of this podcast. Um, well, I'll just... let me Imagine, if you will, when you get into Manchester via train station and you're likely to come through Piccadilly Station. Uh-huh. And if you start, like, going out the main entrance and walk solidly for a good 15 minutes down the road, right. you eventually hit this place called Market Street and, and you, you keep on... That's where all the, the... It's basically a horrible strip mall where people, <laughs> lots of people are playing... Um, Rhythms and drums and things. Yes, and, and, and also you have the... Spice. Uh, yeah, and you also have a lot of people wanting to be on X Factor and, and, and practising their vocal movements. <laughs> um, but if you keep walking down Market Street and then you, you go over this very uh, infamous or fam- uh, street called Deansgate... Heard of Deansgate. Deansgate is where uh, good nights probably go to die. And then, but you go over Deansgate, and then you you cross over the the River Irwell, uh, which is um, what separates Manchester to to Salford. Yes. And at the bottom of that road, the Bridge 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 Street, is where the Black Lion lives, and that's where you know very close to where I used to live. Is it on the radar for today? No, I think though sometimes I. I'm well, go can you in. can you actually go back in that pub? You, yes, it, I think it's now changed hands with someone who doesn't rely on uh, one particular patron to keep it afloat. Hello there, it's Update Boy here. I'll be occasionally or regularly popping in to just fact check and correct any inaccuracies that Ken or MG make in the podcast. And I can indeed tell you that the Black Line is still a pub, uh, although it is now also a hotel based on Chapel Street, which was the first UK road to be lit by gaslights way back in 1806. So there you go, folks. We started gaslighting in Manchester. Something to be proud of there. Oh, and I think Ken was actually referring to Piccadilly Gardens there with the uh, drums and the spice, not Market Street. He has got a little bit confused there by the sounds of it. (laughs) Silly Ken. Uh, Before we go, it would be rude not to have a whiskey, wouldn't it? I think we should. Uh, I think we... Let's go through the book of 300 whiskies. Well, let's try... If we try 150, then at least we've, we've put in some work. I think I just I just one to be honest will be fine. One each, one a different one each. One each, one each. Well, okay, let's let's do this. Done. So we just had a whiskey, but it also reminds me of a, a wee anecdote that uh, that I can recall because well I, I never used to like whiskey. And you're you're ambivalent, are you? Well, no, I I I, I go through periods of liking whiskey and then loathing whiskey because of the next day. Oh, right, yeah. I see. So, uh, hangover, basically. Yes, yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, currently I'm not hungover, so I'm, I'm in one of those good periods, shall we say. But I discovered whiskey, or discovered a, a, a penchant for it, through a, 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 a former colleague called uh, Callum, who was a Scottish guy, and it was a Christmas party, and uh, I revealed to him uh, out of a sense of kind of... Shame or just embarrassment? I just hated whiskey. Uh, I mean, I'm slightly curious of the level of shame here. I mean, like that's a strong word. It is. I mean, there was no hand wringing, but I was just thinking, okay, educate me, Callum, on, on what whiskey is. And he took that upon himself to do so. He took me to the bar and said, "Come over here, Ken. I'd like to I'd like you to try some of these whiskies. What, what do you like?" And I first thought, well, um, I like um, lager, 
and um, gin and sausage casserole. And I says, oh, I'll bring something fruity. And I went, um, yeah, okay, that sounds I, I like fruit, mangoes, lychees, other fruits are available. And so I thought, uh, yeah, what's that? Try that Glenmorangi. It's quite, quite fruity and quite sweet. And so I had a bit of the Glenmorangi, and I, I was taken aback by its, its, its floral flavours and its almost honey-like qualities and its sweetness. I thought, ooh, that is quite nice. You like it with a bit of ice water cane? And I thought, um, yeah, uh, actually I do prefer it with a, 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 a wee bit of ice in there. And then I said, right, try this one. It's a Lathroig. It's like chewing a leather belt. Um, and, it, and, it, and it genuinely did taste like chewing on a leather handbag. Um, and not, again, not, not, not dreadful, because if you described it to me like that, I would have probably detested the stuff. But I have grown to, towards liking whiskey, maybe as a result of Callum's in, in intervention. I um, often said to one of my uh, flatmates when I was living in Australia that they'd bring out a bottle of whiskey and they said, um, how much would you like? And I said, just give me a belt of scotch. And Is that the unit? Well, yes. Um, but it's also, you know, if, if I were, were drinking something slightly leathery, it seemed like an appropriate sort of measure to That me. just makes sense of it for a, for a, a leathery... Pe- is it peaty as well? Would leathery and peaty go together? Well, it depends on how Pete's feeling at the time. Oh! <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, well, thank you, Callum, for opening my eyes and my mouths to whiskey because um, I now actually quite like it. I do remember the first what was the first time you ever had whiskey do you remember it? it well it was in Sydney funnily enough what's Australian whiskey like? Uh, non-existent that's probably a lie but uh, we. it's not known for its whiskey no, is it? It's, I mean it's, it's it loses its its majesty if it's, it comes from Australia in a way I mean like they're Marvellous at making wines. They're, they're really in, in, the, in their stride at making really good craft beer and whatnot as well. I'm sorry, Australia, if I, you know if you, you're making really good whiskey as well. And uh, if you're in Australia and you would dispute, send us a bottle of whiskey. Exactly, prove us wrong. Yeah. I remember my granddad was a fond uh, whiskey drinker, and he let me try some when I was about. Uh, I think it was about eleven. I was. Gonna, I thought you were going to say four. <laughs> Not four. I, I, I was definitely below legal age but to the point where I was, I was trying it to see what it was like and it was like my mouth was on fire it was like because you're not used to that level of um, alcohol content at that age for good reason but that was the thing wasn't it they used uh, if kids were slightly staying up and crying all the time they would mother's ruin yeah they'd just rub, rub a bit of gin or, or whiskey on the gums of the, of the babe and then they would, they would fall asleep and I mean that has been roundly criticised safeguarding reasons and things like that yeah I mean, it's nanny state. Yeah, we're, we're now firmly in the belief that using CBB's bedtime hour is probably the best thing. Probably is better than rubbing forty percent alcohol on their gums yeah. for, for good reason, I think. Um, right, so uh, that, that was our little whiskey interlude. I hope you enjoyed it. Whiskey, is it not? I wonder what it tastes like. I mean, there's, there's one way of trying it, but I, I'd like to see if they can recommend me one. 
we've got a couple of questions lined up for uh, for him, depending on who serves. Hello, mate. Um, after a whiskey or two, um, is is peaty and leathery the same thing? Right. In that case. Um, I'd quite like something that's uh, the fruity and rich. Yeah. What would you recommend? Fifteen here. It's got more heavy sherry element to it, so that's got a little bit of sweetness. Okay, yeah, that sounds nice. Oh, how, how much is that? That's five eighty-five. How much was the other one? Same price. In that case, I'll have the Glenfiddich fifteen. That's all right. I'm slightly intrigued by the big barrel. I, I am intrigued by the big barrel as well. I mean, it's sort of capacity. Is that, is, what's, what's the St George's like? Uh, that's a cast strength one, full bourbon cast. We've got more, slightly more vanilla and spice. Oh, okay. I'll have, yeah, I'll have a, a dash of that then. It is cast strength, this one. Good God. I'm going to be very interesting at the end of that. <laughs> Some sniff of yours, Matt. Oh yeah, you can certainly smell. There is a vanilla there, there's also a lot of alcohol. I'm going to be marvellous. Very good. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Chin chin. Certainly warm, it's certainly rich. Sweet as well. I'd, I'd love to have it, and, and you're more than welcome to have a crack of mine. Wow, that really is strong. I prefer yours, I think. I'm glad I've tried yours. Uh, it's I mean, 68%. Wow. But it, there is certainly vanilla in there. There is vanilla. There's plenty of fun. Um, well, we've learned something about democracy, corn, and the uh, Peter Loo massacre there. So, one down, two to go. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to the next pub, which is. Well, in fact, where to now? Well, we're gonna we're gonna um, move down the road from the Britain's Protection to go to somewhere called the Perivel. The Perivel of the Peak. Hello there, Update Boy here again. It's Peveril of the Peak, not Perivel, as they mispronounced just then. And to preempt Ken's question, uh, it's a reference to the Peveril Castle in Derbyshire and also a novel by Sir Walter Scott, not, as he had previously thought, a bird of prey. Thank you. So we're entering the Peveril of the Peak right now. What is a Peveril anyway? Are we coming the right way? Oh, it's a, it's a double-sided. Oh, it's a double-sided bar. I mean, that, that was the same as the Britain's Protection, wasn't it? I don't. I didn't get the impression we could order from the other side. Lively bar, isn't it? Is that code? <laughs> oh, pictures on the wall here of uh, famous people who've been here. Robbie Coltrane for one of them. Uh, is that Brucey? Uh, that would appear to be. Um, Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan's there. Famous man. I mean, I, I was told that uh, Oasis so were there as well. Right, well, I mean, I suppose that would make sense. Although it's not their local, though, because they were um, Burnish boys, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. I think we might have to venture outdoors. Well, I think we're just going to the toilets, aren't we, this way? Or is this... The way, yeah, that, or the kitchen. This is a symbolic piece. <laughs> there is a snug. Is there an outside? In the front? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that bit. Oh, yes. Okay, so we're outside 
in the beer <laughs> garden, in inverted commas, of the Pebble of the Peak. And the whole premise of this show is that you show me around with the air of authority of someone who's been here a long time. Uh, that would be a lie. It would be a lie. Uh, an enormous lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been here probably just double the time of you. Oh, well, that, that's still twice. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. But in, in order to maintain the conceit of the show, I've done some research on Manchester from the perspective of an idiot. Now, I've, I've not gone to any of the pubs you've shown me to, and I'm grateful for the fact you've shown me to them. But allow me to regale you with some interesting internet facts about Manchester that I've found out, which I thought was quite potent. Bring it on. Right, well... The nation's first free public library opened in Manchester in, 18, in sorry, 1653. Uh, the Chetham Library. Mm. I, I thought it might be the John Ryland's, but it's actually the Chetham Library. Yes, yes, and no, I've been to it. What, what was it like? I've not been there. It kind of feels like Hogwarts. <laughs> With books. Well, well, yes. There are books in Hogwarts as well. But, but is that where... Um, Someone penned a certain interesting thing there, I believe. Well, I mean, perhaps... Karl Marx, I think. Oh! At, at this point, I might have to sort of wave a flag of saying, I don't know, because that's not in these notes. But, but no, no, I, when I was there, I was told that it's probably one of the, the oldest libraries in the Western world. That sounds... I mean, if it's the oldest one in, in the nation of, of England, presumably the UK then I assume that would also be in front running for but the what, world. what did the internet say? I'm the inter- uh, it didn't say anything more on that, but it, is, it says... Oh, actually, no, here we go. Chetham's is the oldest public library in the English-speaking world. Winning! <laughs> winning, winning, Already. winning. Science-based stuff, and this is a lot... And I'm, I'm a big fan of science. Now, we have a lot of scientific contribution from Manchester. Ernest Rutherford, in particular who was um, a uh, lecturer or professor at the University of Manchester who discovered the nature of the atom. Mm. He, um, he discovered radon. Um, he discovered the existence of the atomic nucleus. He came up with half-life, not the game, but the, the, the notion of radioactive I mean, Radon decay. also sounded like a bit like a detergent. <laughs> it does sound like something you put in your bath. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and also he's got a, an element named after him called Rutherfordium. Um, My favourite element, really. Is it really? No. <laughs> um, I mean, only a few atoms of it have ever existed because it's entirely synthetic. It's so big. It's, it's atomic number is 104. That's a big arse element. It's a massive arse element. It's got 104 protons in each atom. And only, as I say, there's not much of it. You, I couldn't show you anything that's ever been made from it because there's not enough of it ever to have existed. Um, but they have a, a Rutherford building in the University of Manchester named after him, um, which is, I, I think that's impressive. I was trying to find if there's anywhere else that had a Rutherford building named after him, and, it, and, and my, my research was fruitless. I, I suppose you know that you've made it when you have things named after you. Not only well, a building, <laughs> but, but also elements, elements as well. <laughs> exactly. I hope to think that there will be a Kestrelium, uh, which sounds quite good. Kenyan or something. Kenyan would be all right. I, I yeah. prefer I prefer Castralian, and that would be. Uh, I, mean, that, I mean, that presumably would also be quite a big element because most of the early ones, carbon, oxygen, others, you know, loads of them are available. Um, <laughs> Other but, elements are available. But I mean, it's also in the Midland Hotel, which we've uh, I've walked past as we were talking about the. Uh, Petersfield because I was around there yeah. that was where Rolls met Royce and they famously went on to invent very expensive cars excellent yeah yeah um, I mean there's a few others I don't think they're as interesting to be honest it's home to several things like Kellogg's 
in the UK anyway. Um, yeah. The, the two world famous football teams, Danger Mouse. Really? Yeah, that was made in Charlton. Oh. Which is close to both our hearts as we both live there. Mm-hmm. Count- Chilton and the Wheelies. Chilton and the Wheelies, uh, named after it, and, and Count Duckula as well. We've mentioned before that uh, Manchester's got various uh, musical um, uh, fame, uh, musical acts that have yeah, come Brian from. Brian Cox, for one. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, Oldham lads are into a bit of Northwest voice, but I mean, I mean, we've also got known for his gruff voices. Uh, his love of the tambourine, his confrontational swagger, his, um, his mad-for-it attitudes. I mean, it's everyone's favourite gay co-breaker. It's, uh, it's Alan Turing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with all that. I was yeah. deliberately misleading you. Yes, it was... Um... But, I mean, Alan Turing was, was a Mancunian, wasn't he? He or, was the, um... the owner and the father of, of many great computer scientists. In the Indeed, and they have a building named after him as well, the University of Manchester. So, um, so well done, Alan. I think, you know, he needs, he needs a bit of recognition, I think. Well, yeah, and, and, and a lot of it's come posthumously, so thank goodness for that. Mm. I don't, I, it, I, I'm still recovering from the 60-proof whiskey that I just it had. It was 68%. Don't do yourself down. I'm working my way through the percentages. (laughs) Let's up these and move on. We're just waiting to cross the road. Um, I mean, this is audio gold. Crossing the road, we're actually mid-road. And now we're on the pavement on the other side. I can actually see the temple bar slash convenience ahead of me. And I can certainly see why. it's thought of as a toilet because I mean it literally is a set of stairs on the street down into a, a underneath the road, a bit like Gingliks in Shepherd's Bush. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I haven't been there in, a, in quite some time. But I mean, I, I've never been there, but I, I, I heard tale of it when I used to work near Shepherd's Bush. That's in London for any um, uh, overseas listeners. But we're about to go into a toilet. Most people from the BBC refer it to as Shea Boo as well. Shea Boo, that's right, yes. In fact, I I did refer to it as that because it does sound quite fun as a a place. Uh, I don't know too much about this pub. I I probably should have done some research, but other than it is, it used to be a Victorian public toilet. Famous people that generally drink there quite a lot was originally uh, Guy Garvey. Uh, okay, because yeah. I believe, um, even though uh, you are showing me around the place, which is the, again the, the central conceit of this podcast, is that Guy Garvey actually owns a pub on this very road. Yes, he the does. The Big Hands. He does, yes. Um, does he have big hands? He's got a big voice and a big face. He does. He does. Everything about Guy is big. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. So we're approaching the steps now. Um, I'll leave it running, but bear in mind, listeners, it could get quite loud and very reverberant very soon. Which, oh, there's two sets of stairs, is there that? There's two sets of stairs. So we'll Ma- male and female, presumably, originally. Right, after you. We're going in. We're going in. And we're going, we're descending. Be interesting to see how it sounds down these echoey walls. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, we could do another pub. This is fast and noisy. 
Well, we've just come out of the final pub for today, which was the Temple Convenience Store Temple Bar. It was a bit noisy, wasn't it? It was a bit noisy, and to the fact that you probably won't have heard much of it because we've had to sort of stop recording, it was too noisy, and I realised that I was actually quite claustrophobic. In yeah, there. I've learned something about you, Ken. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sorry. No, no, don't do apologise, because it's all uh, a discovery. And I, I'm glad that I went there, because I've always wanted to go there, and today I have. I've been to three pubs that I'd never been into, and I've discovered lots about that. I'm so glad I took you to the toilet. <laughs> Literally to the toilet. After today's escapade, mm. have you learnt anything? Full stop. I've learnt that it's probably best not to take you to a small enclosed space. No. Uh, a, a, a small enclosed place with lots of noise. As lots well. of noise, and, and, a, and a bar that is 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 demonstrably narrow. From now on, I'm going to take you to a very wide bars. Wide and. Quiet place. Well, they don't feel like I'm. I'm some Open sort spaces. Of noisiest, but I, 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 yeah, I prefer. I don't know. Just it felt quite claustrophobic. Now, that's what I've discovered. I've discovered that I am actually more claustrophobic than I first thought. But I've also learned about corn and laws therein, and the availability of whiskey, and the fact that if you have whiskey above 46 percent or 48 percent, it's called cask strength, mm. which is something you can testify to. I was steaming for most of this pulled podcast. <laughs> the pulled podcast, indeed. Well, let's sign off here and say chin-chin for now, but we'll join you in another... Um, well, next episode, we, we're hoping it'll be in Altrincham, which technically the Northwesterners will know is a district of Greater Manchester, but we'll be specifically focusing on Altrincham. Mm. We're in a, a sort of a, a period of time where it's uh, alt-right, alt-left and all the rest of it. <laughs> Altrincham. Let's hope Altrincham is just a <laughs> nice place to have a drink. <laughs> let's, let's, let's hope that. We'll join you next episode. So until then, take care of yourselves and cheery bye. Bye-bye. Where to now?